You're listening to Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim, Episode 1, Season 3, titled The Backup's Backup. Story and music by Jason Nitsch. Enjoy the show. It's finally time. If it's today and the time is right now, then it's time for another episode of Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim. This week, we join the soldiers of Charlie Squad, who stand at the ready aboard the DSCM Protector if they are needed to back up Alpha or Beta Squad, as they prepare for action. all the alarms all of the time. Another drill? Just as I was getting off duty and looking forward to some downtime. Figures that the sirens and warning lights would all start going off right then. What now? I was just about to ask a random crew member running by in the passageway what all the commotion was all about when I heard LT on the ship comms. Prepare for impact. Great. I grabbed the nearest handhold and braced, just like we were taught at the academy. I didn't have to wait long. The ship lurched violently, scattering anything not locked down and throwing anyone not secured for a loop. The lights went out, emergency power came on, and all that remained was the sound of yelling, equipment shorting out, and all manner of devices tumbling to their final resting places. Anybody hurt? Check the section for damage and report anything you find to the bridge. If you're able to walk, help anyone who's injured and check on crewmates who may be off duty. I tried to help as much as I could, which mainly consisted of pulling scrawny tech guys up off the floor and helping them make their way to medical. That didn't explain what had just happened, and I was sore and curious. I made my way to the bridge just in time to hear LT plot a course to dock somewhere. Sounds like the ship needed some TLC, but seemed to be stable for the moment. I checked in with LT, like a good soldier does, did a walk around the crew areas to make sure everything was getting cleaned up, the injured were being tended to, and what repairs could be made were underway. Then I headed aft to my quarters and a much needed rest. My name was James Washington, but everyone called me Bingo. Don't ask. 
I was the oldest squadron leader on the DSCM Protector, a colonial gunship patrolling the quadrants outside the asteroid belt and in the Outer Rim territories. That mostly meant rescuing ill-prepared space amateurs, chasing pirates off the shipping lanes, and the occasional firefight with drunk colonists. In reality, it meant playing cards with the gang in the mess, cleaning and re-cleaning equipment, constantly restocking all the unused munitions, drilling every possible combat scenario, and lots and lots of boredom. As the commander of Charlie's squad, I was always the bridesmaid and never the bride. Alpha Squad, led by the LT, saw all the real action. Beta Squad, led by my buddy Hank, was their primary backup. Charlie was the backup's backup. It really meant two things. That we were almost never needed, and if we were, you knew that some serious shit was going down. Right now, some serious bunking down was about to happen. They'll call if they need us. As the crew work to restore power and systems all over the ship, the Colonial Marines get the call that they have been waiting for. Bingo. LT has requested that Charlie Squad go on alert status and stand by. What's up, Jess? We have docked for repairs, but are not getting any response from the station. Alpha is at the airlock and preparing to enter the station. No answer from the station? Is it one of ours? Affirmative. It may just be a communications outage, but LT would like you to prepare just in case there is trouble of some sort. Roger that. Wake up the squad and have everyone report to the ready room to suit up. Yes, Commander. Thank you, Jess. Jess was our onboard computer. She made life easy on us poor grunts, but I never got over the idea that she was probably always watching and listening in the background to everything that we all said and did. I grabbed my gear and headed out to meet the squad. Another episode of getting dressed, prepping the weapons, getting all amped up, and then watching Alpha have all the fun on our monitors. Charlie Squad was the third of three military incursion units on the ship, and although they were the least experienced group, they were a formidable team. I stepped into the ready room and the team was already there. Vance was the youngest of the group but she was a sharpshooter of the highest order. I hadn't met anyone who could outdo her on the firing range. If it needed killing, she would hit it. The first time, and it always stayed down. Smitty was the oldest. He'd been a colonial marine since we were just barely moving beyond Mars orbits. He'd seen it all, and been everywhere. He says this is his last tour, but he says that every tour. He had lost a step, but was as dependable as you could ask for. Danforth rounded out our squad. He was a total disaster. I don't know whose cousin he was or how he finished the academy, but somehow he was here, and he was my responsibility. It was more likely that Danforth would shoot off a foot than hit an enemy target. That was Charlie's squad,
Everyone, you know about as much as I do. Whatever that was that hit the ship a few hours ago has left us a little bit hobbled. We've made for port at a station in sector, and we're preparing to dock there and make repairs. My intel is that they haven't had any luck in establishing communication with the station, but she's one of ours, so it should be friendly territory. LT is going in with Alpha to check things out and see what's up. Beta is on standby at the airlock. As per usual, we are everybody's backup and will remain on call here in the ready room until we're needed, if we're needed. Most likely, it's nothing, and we've all just gotten all dressed up for no reason. You all know the drill. Hurry up and wait, and wait, and wait. I'll be monitoring the comms, and I expect all of you to double and triple check your equipment and make sure that everything is in working order. As always, if they get down to needing us, I expect that we will need to deploy quickly. So be ready. Questions? Seeing no raised hands, and watching the almost bored but alert faces of the squad staring back at me, I quickly nodded my silent acknowledgement to the group and sat down at my command station to monitor Alpha Squad's entry into the ship. Now the waiting game starts for Charlie Squad, itching to be called into action, but hoping that they weren't needed today. At first, there wasn't very much interesting stuff going on over the feet. Then I heard them mention blood, and my ears perked up a little bit. Then came the entry into the mess hall. Something very bad had happened here, and now our previously routine day was in peril of becoming more noteworthy than I preferred. I heard LT call for Beta to enter the station to check out sensor readings elsewhere in the station. I didn't even wait for Jess to come on the comms. I was on my feet and ready to head out. LT has requested the Beta enter the station and that Charlie move to secure the airlock in their absence. I'm way ahead of you, Jess. We're up and moving already. ECA, 30 seconds at the airlock. Charlie squad, five seconds. On me and let's move to the airlock. Safety's on, but let's be alert, people. there in more like 15 seconds. All the excitement of moving to our position was now replaced by the four of us guarding a sealed door inside our own ship. No one spoke as we stood ready, and I continued to monitor the comms as Alpha prepared to enter the command center. It was so strange that they still hadn't heard from anyone at the station. Even with a minimal crew, there should be 100 people working here. Where were they all? I listened intently as the station director described the lab accident. Interesting. The next message was much more frantic and filled with what could only be described as pure horror. Whatever was going on, these people had been scared out of their mind. That's when things got really tense. Beta breached Deck 6 on the station and stepped into a galaxy-sized firefight with something 
and one that they sounded like they were losing. Badly. Charlie, Beta is in trouble. Be ready to move on my order if we get tasked into the station. Everyone did a last equipment check, and I heard the safeties all click off as we waited for the go-ahead from LT, who, along with Alpha, was now heading back to the airlock. As the situation within the station walls deteriorates, Charlie anxiously waits for instructions and is left to listen helplessly as their fellow soldiers struggle to control the situation. I heard screams, gunfire, more screams, and the sounds of some unholy demons over my headset. Jess, are we a go to enter the stations to assist Alpha? Negative. LT requests that you monitor the airlock doors to cover their return. Please stand by for the airlock to open and be advised that we have multiple contacts in the close interior who are incoming with Alpha. Here we go. To the ready, Charlie. This is going to get busy in a hurry. Be ready for anything once that door opens. We all tensed up as we watched the door and waited. It wasn't long before it started to slide open and the world of blackness descended on us all. The gunfire started immediately as we beat back a wave of bloody monsters and uniforms back into the station's hallway. We took up position around the airlock to the ship, continuing an almost constant barrage of fire and more and more targets rushed to the open. I could now hear Alpha's movement down the hallway without the benefit of the comms and I turned just in time to see Hargrave round the corner with LT close behind Hargrave passed me with a look of utter relief on his face, just as I watched LT get snagged from behind and lose her footing. Charlie, direct fire on me. Get those things away from LT. We took a couple of steps down the corridor in her direction, but she was dragged out of sight. The now silent scream on her face was the last image I saw of her. We had our own problems. Charlie Squad, back to the airlock on the double. We turned in a hurry and were met with what can only be described as a mob of ghouls in our path. Open fire. We moved back to the airlock one foot at a time, every step a bloody battle. We were almost there when Danforth's weapon made an ominous click as his ammunition ran out. The horror in his face barely had time to register before he was overrun. Vance had made it back to the airlock door and was picking off one by one when there were so many that even she couldn't put them all down alone. Smitty was right behind me, firing in the opposite direction. We were still a few steps away from the airlock, but our progress had stalled as our numbers thinned. I heard the continuous fire that had decorated the night suddenly stop as Smitty and I both ran dry almost at once. I felt his warm blood shoot against the back of my neck, just before my own face was torn apart. My last memories were of demons and the gurgling of my own dying breaths. 
I hope Jess closed to the airlock doors. With all of the Protector's military units now taken out, and the entrance to the ship left unguarded, what would happen to the remaining crew? Would the ship be able to detach from the station and depart? What of this mysterious station and its now fatal complement of occupants? That's it for this week. Don't forget to join us next time for another exciting adventure on Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim. Belters, you've been listening to Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim. I'm series creator Jason Nitch, and I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please click the link to become a patron of our show and join us on Patreon, or go to my website at www.jasonnitch.com slash next episode to find out how you can help keep the stories from the Outer Rim coming. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jason Nitch and visit beyondthebeltpodcast.com for all the latest information about the series. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time on Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim.